do you want to fight? This is the fight game with Demond Cotton. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of the fight game with Demond Cotton here on twelve thirty. The game. There is a lot to get to in the world of combat sports this week, I know, but we might not be able to touch it all because the main topic of today's show is going to be AEW's Double or Nothing live this Sunday, May 29th from T-Mobile Arena. But I will give you a couple of quick hits from the world of combat sports and some of the things that have been transpiring in just this week alone. We've got the announcement of Canelo versus Triple G, the trilogy. That is going to happen sometime later this year. Now, we all know Canelo, he had that loss in convincing fashion to Bivol at 175 in the light heavyweight division. But Canelo, he said he doesn't want his rematch, doesn't even want to take the rematch down to 168. He wants to challenge Triple G because that's the big money fight for Canelo. Of course, you could say, ah, man, he wants to exact his revenge against Bivol and maybe get that rematch, you know, get his win back. But no, I do think that the better fight, the fight that fans want to see more, even though the first fight, a draw, the second fight, Canelo wins. So you would think, what does he have to prove against Triple G by fighting him again? It just makes sense. It's the fight that fans want to see, and it makes dollars. That's the biggest, that's going to be the biggest expectation for this fight. Not only do fans want to see it, it's going to make money. It's a bigger fight for Canelo, and I also think that Canelo thinks it's a safer fight for him. We've got Triple G, who's now 40 years old. He's not the Triple G from that first fight where it ended in a draw. And a lot of people, including myself, think that Triple G won that fight. Gennady Golovkin, he's going to have something to prove. He's going to have to show that he's still sharp. He's only lost that one fight in his career. So I know that he wants to get that win back over on Canelo just as bad. But at 40 years old, Canelo's still just in his early 30s, in the prime of his career, Don't let the loss fool you, folks. Canelo is still the same fighter. Maybe bit off a little bit more than he could chew, trying to move up and wait. Just a little bit too much. Hey, 175 is a different weight class, fighting that light heavyweight, especially for Canelo, who's a slow starter and a shorter fighter when it comes to fighting those bigger fighters at 175. Wasn't the best move. But that fight against Triple G is going to be must-see. Believe me. And now to WWE, because today's show is very AEW heavy. Sasha Banks and Naomi, where is this storyline going? They walk out of a supposed main event match at Monday Night Raw two weeks ago. WWE, hey, we're suspending them. They release an entire press statement. Where is this story going? Is it a work? Is it a shoot? Is it a shoot that's become one of the most elaborate work shoots now because WWE has mentioned it numerous times on WWE programming about how these two superstars are suspended. And it makes you raise an eyebrow a little bit. Why is WWE being so public about a suspension of two of their superstars? But here's one key to let you in on, folks, that I'm just observing. They're still using Sasha Banks and Naomi. Usually when WWE is giving you, hey, good luck on your future endeavors, they go with the government names. And they haven't done that just yet. So I do think that there's still there's going to be a working relationship with WWE and Sasha Banks and Naomi whenever they feel like the time is right for them to come back to the squirrel circle and the WWE ring. The only time will tell when that will be. But hey, maybe it's going to be a work shoot. Roman Reigns, the head of the bloodline, he's saying that he wants all the gold. Naomi, married to one of the Usos. Maybe they come back, get their tag team titles. 
and then go for the Women's SmackDown Championship and the Women's Raw Championship and get all the gold because the bloodline just keeps unifying and unifying titles. That'll be... That could be one of the most intriguing storylines that WWE can go with if they do bring Sasha Banks and Naomi back. But back to the main topic of the day, Double or Nothing, Sunday, May 29th at T-Mobile Arena. This is going to be one of the biggest cards as we celebrate the three-year anniversary of AEW. And who better to talk about the three-year anniversary and Double or Nothing for AEW than the man himself, Tony Khan. Let's get into that interview. I'm pleased to be joined by my next guest, the CEO, the GEM, and the head of creative of All Elite Wrestling, Mr. Tony Khan. Tony, how you doing today? I'm doing awesome. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I don't know if you remember this interview, but Super Bowl week, you were on another show that I do, Unnecessary Roughness, on Raider Nation Radio. And I told you yep. the story yep. about how I was an extra for the Dark Order at the first Double or Nothing, and to just see where this company yep. has grown for three years to see where it's gone from that first double or nothing in 2019 to now 2022, three years later. Can you just tell me about the journey of the company in just three short years? It's insane how far we've come, how much AEW has grown. Thanks to the great wrestling fans all over the world. We've had this awesome support and we all did it together. And we've built a company that has now expanded into 130 different countries where they watch AEW wrestling. And uh, if you watch our first pay-per-view, Double or Nothing 2019, I think you would have thought this company is destined for really big things. But I think we've uh, grown faster than anybody ever would have imagined. And now our biggest event we've ever had is this Sunday on pay-per-view, Double or Nothing. It's going to be huge. Yes, and something about that, the fact that you said that you've blown expectations out of the water. What's the biggest thing you've learned of being the head of creative and the booker for a wrestling company so far? Well, I think the most important thing for any wrestling company is the fans. I think the wrestlers are right there, but uh, you can't have a wrestling company without having great support from the fans. You won't be able to keep the business going. And for us, that's what's kept the business alive. It was an interesting time to start a wrestling company. I think it was the right time to start a company. And then not long after we got off the ground, the pandemic hit. And it changed live events. It changed touring. And it hit us at a crazy time because we were the hottest ticket in all of pro wrestling. In 2019, before the pandemic hit, we led all of pro wrestling in live event attendance. And now back, being back on the road, it's been awesome for us. And I think during that time in the pandemic, listening to the fans, the feedback we got on the shows, people watching on TV all over the world helped make the show better, helped decide what new wrestlers were going to come in, what big matches we would book for the pay-per-views, and the fans have a real voice in AEW, and I think that's probably the most important thing that we've learned and that we've done with AEW Wrestling. Again, we're talking with Tony Khan, the head of AEW. And before Double or Nothing, this Sunday, you can also check out AEW Rampage live this Friday, May 27th, with a special start time at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time and also 3.30 Pacific time. And that's going to be a lead-in to the NHL playoffs. You mentioned about the fans and keeping the fans happy, and you're certainly doing that. I believe that this Sunday's Double or Nothing is the first time that AEW's made a million off of ticket sales alone. Am I correct about that? That is correct. Oh, I think we're over 
million on the tickets for this event. It's been awesome, awesome support from the fans around Las Vegas and the fans all over the world who traveled into Las Vegas for double or nothing this weekend. And like I said, 130 countries around the world where we've got support and this pay-per-view is available all over the planet and people are talking about it everywhere. Now, with wrestling fans being so passionate about the product, because like you said, one of the hottest tickets in wrestling, how does it affect the business or how you think about creative, knowing that wrestling fans care so much about ratings and how the product is actually performing, and sometimes, in my opinion, not enjoying the product for what it is and caring about the aspects that I say, I don't think a football fan, you know, you also being a part of the Jaguars. A Jaguars fan isn't really caring too much about the ratings on how the team done or how the NFL is doing as a whole. So does that affect your booking or how you will think about the business? Well, I think you do want a lot of people watching the shows and you want to grow the audience, and we've been able to do that. And we're very fortunate to have these great media partners we have at Warner Brothers Discovery. We've got... Uh, really with TBS on Wednesday Night Dynamite and TNT for Friday Night Rampage, the best partners you could possibly hope to have for a pro wrestling company. There's just such a great history of pro wrestling to begin with on TBS and TNT. And when we launched, I think that's one of the things we offered that really excited fans is bringing a sport like pro wrestling that has such a great tradition on TBS and TNT back to those networks. So uh, doing ratings is important because the fans have seen other wrestling companies uh, struggle and, and then not sustain and, and go out of business. So nobody wants to see that. And frankly, wrestling, uh, we don't have, as, as a wrestling company, it's a little bit different. Our individual wrestlers, they fight, they win and lose matches. But as a company, how do you judge the fight between AEW and our competitors well, it's obviously based on business metrics, one of them being TV ratings, many other ones you can look at, including pay-per-view, live attendance, merchandising. But TV ratings are a very obvious metric to compare, and we've done incredibly well there and had great support thanks to the wrestling fans all over the world, and particularly here in America, which is where uh, the largest percentage of that TV revenue comes in, which is what helps us pay the wrestlers, pay the staff, and grow the company. Speaking of pay the wrestlers, you've brought in tons of big names, legends like Brian Danielson, CM Punk. Is there any way that you quantify in the boys in the front office that you quantify that this is a success, a success and you're getting a return on your investment by bringing in such legends that are world-renowned? CM Punk going to be in the main event for the AEW Championship against Adam Hangman Page this Sunday. Well, I think we've definitely built a great roster. When we launched, we had a really great roster to start, and I think it's only grown and expanded as we've been able to add a lot of the top young stars in wrestling, but also some of the legends, people who transcend the sport. You mentioned Brian Danielson and CM Punk. We've also had Sting and Matt and Jeff Hardy, some of the biggest names in pro wrestling. Of course, Matt and Jeff Hardy will be wrestling another legendary tag team, the Young Bucks, in a big dream match at Double or Nothing. I think that is something the fans can really look forward to here. And uh, I just think that what's great about AEW is, in addition to the, the fan support and listening to the fans, that we've got 
this great mix of the best young wrestlers and the established talent. You know, the the biggest stars of today and the biggest stars of the past, and most importantly, the biggest stars of the future are here in AEW. And I think that helps make the shows really exciting, and, and you never know who's going to show up. So that's another fun element. Again, we're talking with Tony Khan, the head of AEW. You can check out Double or Nothing this Sunday, May 29th. Hey, a ticket or two. I know it's a hot ticket to get, but hey, you might be able to get a ticket or two. And speaking of that card, you mentioned the Hardys versus the Young Bucks. You've got Moxley and Danielson, Santana Ortiz and Kingston versus the Jericho Appreciation Society, the House of Black versus Death Triangle. So I know MJF versus Wardlow. Oh, my God, how can I forget that? That feud's been incredible. I know you can't pick a favorite because, you know, I'm sure that every match on the card is like your baby. But is there one that just from the story standpoint or maybe just you as a fan, is there one match that you're just like, I know that this is going to be an excellent match and you just can't wait to see it more than any other? Well, it's a loaded card. And I think from start to finish, you're going to get great wrestling on Sunday at Double or Nothing, uh, and that's what makes it such a compelling purchase on pay-per-view, I think, for the fans. But it, it'll be hard to beat the main event, the world title fight, Hangman Page versus CM Punk. It's just so, so, so uh, anticipated. People all over the world are looking forward to that match. I think the whole card is great, the title fight, everything. I'm really excited for the three-way tag team championship match with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus defending against not one top team, but two top teams in Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. And, of course, uh, the Swerve in his glory, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Uh, so I think that'll be a really fun World Tag Team Championship match. If I had to pick one match on the great card, including uh, all this stuff, man, MJF versus Wardlow, now that that's official, that's a huge match. But hard to beat the world title match. Hangman Page versus CM Punk. And another set of matches that we haven't gotten to would be the Owen Hart finals on the men's side and the women's side. We're going to have to find out who's going to be facing Britt Baker on the women's side this Friday at Rampage with Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho. And we are also going to see Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole on the men's side. How did this tournament come about in the honoring of Owen Hart? Well, it was actually Chris Jericho who introduced me to the widow of the late great Owen Hart. And that's Dr. Martha Hart. And Martha is a very, very intelligent, highly educated woman. And she was very scrutinizing, and she wanted to learn about AEW and make sure that this would be the right place to honor the legacy and the memory of Owen Hart. And she's been very careful. You know, no wrestling company has been allowed for decades to use his likeness or image. And I think that we really had to earn her trust. So it was actually Jericho that introduced me to her, and he was a huge fan of Owen Hart and his career, and he was one of Jericho's heroes in this business. And for me personally, uh, I was a huge fan of Owen Hart. So to have a tournament to uh, just feature some great pro wrestling, it's been awesome. And now uh, we know the finals of the tournament. I think that's one of the really exciting matches on the card, of course. Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole for the first time ever. And it's crazy to think those two have never locked up and had a match. And what a circumstance to have it. The finals of the Owen Hart tournament, it's it's a big deal. And like you said, we'll find out in the Owen Hart women's tournament who's going to be taking on Dr. Britt Baker in the finals. We'll find out on Friday Night Rampage. Is it going to be 
Chris Statlander or Ruby Soho. Uh, they both had great matches with Britt in the past on the biggest stages. So it would be uh, very fitting either way for that match uh, to take place in the finals of the Owen Hart Tournament at Dublin Up. All right, Tony, don't want to take up too much of your time. Only a few more questions here. You've done a hell of a job selling this show. If anyone who is not that big of a wrestling fan, if you're listening to the fight game, because I know you're more of an MMA fan or a boxing fan, I hope that you are on the edge of your seat by the time this interview ends because I am pumped up for Double or Nothing this Sunday at T-Mobile Arena. Think about that. But I got to let you out of here. Got to ask you about your other businesses, your other sports that you're passionate about. Fulham FC. Jacksonville Jaguars. Fulham FC going to be in the Premier League next season coming up. And the Jaguars, I think you guys had a hell of a draft. How excited are you about those coming seasons as well? I'm so excited for football. And Premier League football for means the world that we were able to win the championship and get promoted back to the Premier League. Our staff and our players and, most importantly, our fans have been looking forward to that so much. And now... They'll have a great season of football ahead. And for the Jaguars, thank you for saying that. We worked really hard to get ready for the draft and to make the team better through free agency. And I think we got a great group of young players in. Should be a really fun season of football for the Jaguars and hopefully for Fulham, too. And, uh, you know, I love football, both the NFL and the Premier League. So it's uh, always an exciting time. And I enjoy the offseason, too. And, and, focusing on what we can do to make those teams better and also being able to travel a little bit on the weekends between the AEW shows. And, of course, nothing better than a weekend where we got a big pay-per-view event, and this is the biggest one of all, being here with you guys in Las Vegas for Double or Nothing, where it all began for AEW. It's very special, and Las Vegas is special to AEW. And this Double or Nothing event started here in Las Vegas, and I hope we can keep it here. My plan is to keep Double or Nothing in Las Vegas forever. And, you know, with the great fans we have here and the support, I think we'll be able to do it. Thank you so much for your time, Tony. No, thank you. Sorry. Sorry to run. Hey, thank you very much. I want to thank Tony Khan for being so generous with his time. And if you're not fired up for AEW Double or Nothing, I don't know what to tell you. AEW Double or Nothing this Sunday, May 29th, T-Mobile Arena. Don't miss it. Live on pay-per-view. Come on, folks. When we come back, Low from Wrestling Wind Down, a very good friend of mine, will join the show here on The Fight Game on 1230 The Game. Welcome back to The Fight Game. Let's get it on! And here on The Fight Game, we give you nothing but top-tier guests, and I'm pleased to introduce my next guest, a good friend of mine, the host of Wrestling Wind Down. You can check that out wherever you get your podcast. Low, how you doing today? I am good. I'm so excited to be here to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Now, we're going to get into it. AEW Double or Nothing live this Sunday at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. You're following up Tony Khan. Just had Tony Khan on the show. You know, the guy who's responsible for the whole thing. Now, that three-year anniversary mark that AEW is celebrating with this Double or Nothing, how surprised are you with AEW's success? And I know you were at that first Double or Nothing, so... As a wrestling fan, how much has AEW success surprised you at all? You know, it it has surprised me and it hasn't because I feel like they had to grow to succeed in this business. And I think they've been doing a pretty good job. They've been able to sign a lot of great talent, whether they're, they were independent or former WWE stars. And they've really been flourishing as a company. 
All right, Lo, and real quick, I want to give some insight here. Guys, like I said, Lo, she hosts Wrestling Wind Down, and you can get that wherever you get your podcast below. Do you remember our first interaction with each other back in UNLV? <laughs> I do. <laughs> All right, got to let you guys in on the, in, on the inside joke here. A day for UNLV journalism class, first day of the semester. I show up right as class is ending, and I tweet, man. Here at the last, I get here, I, I tweet out, hey, man, last day of class and I just got here. I'll get better next time. And then Lowe tweets out, somebody just showed up right as class is ending. And a mutual friend of ours says, hey, I think you guys have the same class. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I do remember that. It was an early morning class. I understand. Now I look back, I'm like, you know what? It happens. And then I discovered, hey. She likes wrestling. I like wrestling. Friends ever since. I remember actually coming off the heels of that first AEW, me being a guest on Wrestling Wind Down. So we go way back. We do. You were our first guest. Wow, the first guest. I didn't know I had that honor of being the first guest on Wrestling Wind Down. And we're going to break down this card for 2022's Double or Nothing. But before we get into the card specifically, what about AEW has surprised you? Or what's been your favorite program so far leading into Double or Nothing? I have to say the MJF and Wardlow, it's just, it's been so good. I feel like the progression from Wardlow as a bodyguard to MJF to now his own wrestler, and he is very good. I just, I really like it. I think they've been doing a really good job. They've incorporated Sean Spears. They had Maurice involved from Impact a couple weeks ago. I think it's just been amazing storytelling there. Well, let's stay there because what's the uh, nickname you've been trying to get um, going for Wardlow? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, he actually started it himself. He deleted the tweet, but he called himself War Daddy. And I was like, hmm, this would be great on a T-shirt. So we incorporated the hotline bling, 1-800-HOTLINE-BLING. And now we have 1-800-WAR-DADDY shirts available for sale on shop.wrestlingwindownlv.com. War Daddy. And there's another thing about Wardlow. He's been getting off the fits since he's becoming his own man, breaking away from MJF. And you're starting to compare his style, maybe like a fit-off with Batista. And I'm sorry, but I think Batista's cleaning this up. But you're you're so in the camp of Wardlow. What is it about Wardlow that's attracted you to him and become such a big fan of his? Okay, before we even start on that question, so the Batista and the Wardlow thing. So I think Wardlow definitely would not beat Batista like flat out in a fashion face-off. I think Warlow is at a very good start with his fashion. He just needs to grow. And I feel like as he continues with the company, he'll definitely do that. I think right now he's wearing his Calvin Klein. He has the, you know, custom suits. Batista was wearing like Gucci and Louis. So he has to, you know, he has to grow to get where Batista is. But I feel like right now, just based on like looks, I think they might be able to have a good competition. But Batista will come out on top. Um, the thing that has really attracted me to Wardlow in the ring is just how easy it is for him to just be agile. Like, he just swanton bum off the top rope a couple weeks ago. A man his size should not be moving like that. And he does it so eloquently. And I think right now, just, you know, seeing his progression from, like I said, a bodyguard to in-ring and how he's already doing this crazy stuff and getting the reaction he is from the fans, it's only up from here. All right, now as we 
into this double or nothing card. Let's just work our way from the bottom to the top. We're going to start with Hookhausen. Danhausen and Hook versus Tony Nese and Mark Sterling. Before I even get into who you got for the for this matchup, are you a fan of Hookhausen? 100%. What a odd but amazing pairing. Hook tried for so long to just like hold out and ignore Danhausen, and he finally gave in, and it's just been magic ever since. Because, like, like you said, the odd pairing, Dan Housing, for those of you who, does, who do not know, is one of the oddest wrestling characters you'll ever see. I don't know who to compare him to because there isn't anyone that you really compare him to. He's a wrestler, maybe 150 pounds soaking wet, who comes out there and curses his opponents. And then, it, it's so strange and it's so funny that he's just got to be lovable and he's one hook over. We saw it as a rivalry, but now you've got the odd pairing of this couple and now they're going up against Tony Nese and smart Mark Sterling. So who you got? I think Hook Hausner is going to show up and show out. I mean, do you see Hook when he comes out by himself? Like, he's quiet, comes out, like, you know, kicks butt and goes back, just minds his own business. He's there to do one job and one job only. And I feel like with him and his mystique, along with Dan Housen and his mystique, I think they could get in the minds of Tony Nese and Mark Sterling and just completely take the W here. All right, next we're going to move to the House of Black versus Death Triangle. Now, this these are some of the best wrestlers on AEW's roster. In the Death Triangle, we've got the Lucha Bros, Pentagon and Phoenix, along with Pac. Going up against the House of Black, you've got Buddy Matthews, Alistair, oh my gosh, I almost messed up his name there. Oh, why, why am I blanking on the actual AEW name? Because I know it's not Alistair Black anymore since he's made the move Malachi. to AEW. Malachi Black, yes. Thank you so much for there. Had a little slip up there. But you've got Malachi Black, Brody King, Buddy Matthews going up against Death Triangle, Pac, and the Lucha Bros. Who do you got in this one? Because this feud has been going on for a while, and I really want to see the blow-off. But to be honest, they could keep this going forever and just give me singles of every incarnation of these trios, and I'd be happy. I definitely agree with you. I don't have a winner here. I think I think either team can win, and I would be happy. Like you said, they are six of some of the most incredible wrestlers that we have right now, and they've just been doing great character work. I think the House of Black is some of the best work that I've seen in the last couple of years. They just, they mesh well together. The incorporation of Brody King, of Buddy Matthews, it's just been amazing to watch. But with Death Triangle, I mean, Penta and Ray, oh my gosh, they are amazing. Just so amazing. And Pac as well. But I don't have a clear-cut winner here. I would be happy with any team that won. I think I'm going to go with House of Black because I think that they need this win more. Because with the Lucha mm -hmm. Bros, those guys are money, win or lose. They're still going to be over. But I think House of Black needs that signature win to really get themselves over with the AEW crowd. I just hope that Brody King goes and celebrates at um, Golden Steer because that's supposedly his steakhouse. He was asking for recommendations. He said that, that there are no reservations available. I hope that one becomes available so that they can celebrate their win there. All right, and now we're going to move on to the AEW TBS Championship. Jade Cargill versus Anna Jay. Are you going to be in the baddie section for Double or Nothing? You know, that's a great question. I don't have the answer to that yet. I hope I find out soon. But um, you already know who I'm choosing here. Jade is amazing. She has grown so much in the ring, and I, I think we can credit that, too, to her working with Daniel Bryan closely 
or Brian Danielson closely, and she, her Red Velvet and Kira Hogan have just created this sensational just group together. You know, a lot of people were like, Jade and Red Velvet working together, but it clicks. And if they put Sunny Kiss in that group, I would be here for it. Haven't thought about that yet because Sonny Kiss needs to be more involved. They're such a good wrestler that it's why is that you ask got to ask the question, why is Sonny Kiss not involved more? But putting Sonny Kiss in the baddies, yeah, that'd be money right there. Next, we're going to go to the Hardys versus the Young Bucks. A dream match. We've seen it before on the Indies, but this is the first time that we're going to be seeing it on pay per view in AEW. I, I will say that the actual build has been rushed, but when you've got two legendary tag teams, it does not matter. So, who you got, the Hardys versus the Young Bucks? I'm a Hardys girl. I've been a Hardys girl since I first started watching wrestling. I, I know Young Bucks, they're, you know, they're hot, they're, they're on top of their game, but I want to see the Hardys pick it up. I think seeing Jeff and Matt happy in a company and working together has been so amazing to watch as a longtime fan. And I do agree with you. I think the storyline has been rushed a little bit. I wish they would have kind of taken it a little bit, you know, slower and really built it out. But these two teams, they're, you know, they're they're amazing as is. And I think that they'll work really well together. But I'm going with the Hardys. Yeah, I got to go with the Hardys, too, because like you said, I, they're not just their happiness that the two brothers are working together, but the Young Bucks are solidified. They're the Whatever their executive vice president title is in AEW, they'll be fine. They're going to be there to stay. We don't know how much longer the Hardys have together when it comes to their in-ring career. So I think the Hardys got to pull this one out. Exactly. And next we're going to move on to the men's Owen Hart Cup Finals, Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe. This is a match when I was talking to Tony Khan. He said, this match has never happened before. And you would think with the ROH ties with both of these wrestlers that maybe, just maybe, both in NXT around the same time as well. But this match has never happened. Samoa Joe, Adam Cole. What do you think about this matchup and the Owen Hart Cup and the Owen Hart Cup tournament in to begin with? So the Owen Hart Cup tournament, I feel like, has been really great. We've been able to see a lot of matchups that we wouldn't necessarily see in AEW regularly. But I had my card filled out as having Kyle O'Reilly in the final. So to see him not in the final, I think a lot of people wanted Adam Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. Um, but obviously we aren't getting that now. Samoa Joe is an amazing competitor. Um, but, I, you know, I would be happy with either of them. Some something in me really wanted one of the FTR guys to win just because, you know, the story is already there. And I feel like it would mean so much for them to win. Um, and I've seen a lot of people say, why didn't the Canadian win it? Which I get why they're saying that. But um, I want to know what winning this tournament will do for these men. You know, I want to see their reaction if they win. You know, I want to see, you know, are they going to bring Owen's family in the ring? How are they going to you know, make this a huge deal because it is. Owen Hart was such a legendary character in our business that we lost far too soon. And having this tournament has been a really huge deal, and it's been an accomplishment to be able to, you know, showcase these amazing wrestlers paying homage to, you know, another legend. But um, I don't know. I would be happy with either of them, Samoa Joe or Adam Cole. I'm fans of both of them. 
I feel like Adam Cole needs the win more because when he first came in, I think they hot-shotted him into the title picture with Hangman Page a little too early. He didn't really, Ooh. you know, prove his bona fides. He didn't get to build up himself as a credible challenge. We all know that Adam Cole is one of the best wrestlers in the world, but he didn't build himself up to be an actual challenger to me for that AEW championship. So I think that this is a perfect spot for him. Maybe maybe there'll be a trophy involved and he can have the undisputed elite bring it around and carry it for him, but I do think that Adam Cole needs this win. I can see it. Now we're going to move on to the women's side of the cup. We've got Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And we don't know who she's going to wrestle just yet because we've got Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander that still have to face off in the semifinals on Rampage on Friday. But just in case, let's say, who do you have winning on Rampage between Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander? And then who do you have winning in the finals? I really want to see Ruby win it all. I think since she has made her debut in AEW, she hasn't been made a big deal as she should be. Um, you know, I think she deserves that shine. Um, Britt Baker, incredible wrestler. She can talk anyone off. You know, she is amazing at promos as well. But I don't necessarily feel like she needs to get the tournament win. I feel like someone like Ruby Soho or, you know, Chris Statlander, if she wins. I think those are the ones that need to be, you know, earning these tournament wins because it solidifies their space within the company. Britt Baker has you know, competing in all these amazing matches. She has these accolades. I think it's okay if she does not win this one. I am right there with you. Again, we're talking with Lo, the host of Wrestling Wind Down. Check that out when you get a chance. And now we're going to move on to the AEW Women's World Championship match, Thunder Rosa versus Serena Deeb. And I will be honest, just like I said with the Hardys matchup, the buildup hasn't really been there too much. Don't know why Dustin Runnels is so involved. The natural love to see him but I don't know why he's been so involved in this feud. But with all that being said, who do you got for the AEW Women's World Championship? I absolutely need Thunder Rosa to just keep her title. I think the heritage that she brings to that title and how proud she is of being a Mexican woman is just something that I love to see on TV. And she is just so incredible in the ring as well as Serena Deep, but I think Thunder Rosa deserves this title and to have it for a long time. Um, she's just getting started, and I want to see her hold that title, you know, and really showcase why she earned it in the first place. All right, now this match is the one that I think is going to steal the show for the AEW Tag Team Championships. You got Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, the champions, taking on Team Taz, Powerhouse, Will Hobbs, and Ricky Starks. And then you got Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland as well. These are going to be six wrestlers that I think can really tear the house down. And I do believe that this is going to be the match of the night. Still the show because this card is stacked. But this is the one that I just think that Keith Lee is really going to have that breakout performance. I've been waiting for it. Keith Lee is always impressive. But I've been waiting for that one match to, to just say that's what I've been missing. That's the Keith Lee I remember. So I've already showed my hand enough. I think that Keith <laughs> Lee and Swerve are going to win this. Who you got? Taz or Keith and Swerve here. Unfortunately, I don't see Jurassic Express retaining unless, you know, for some, you know, crazy reason they do. But Team Taz, I feel like, either needs this win or Keith Lee and Swerve. I must say, Keith and Swerve, the way they work together, I love it. I think they have incredible chemistry. They just, they work so well together. But 
Team Taz also works well together. Ricky Starks, I have to say, is the one to watch. He is just so incredible in the ring. He has fashion sense. He's just he's a star. You know what I mean? And I would love to see him with a singles title, but that's another story. I'm going with Team Taz or Keith or Swerve in this match. Hold on. Are you not counting the FTW title as a real title? I would like to see him with either the the world title. I feel like he could be a really good world champion. I'm still counting his, his other title, but I want to see him with a larger title, if that makes sense. I know what you mean. A title that has a little bit more relevancy in the AEW landscape. And now... Exactly. For the main event, the AEW World Championship... You got Adam Hangman Page versus the legendary CM Punk. And I just want to say that I have loved the feud. Sometimes I don't need the big backstory like MJF and Wardlow. That's been great, you know, just that a year build up even longer of, hey, this guy is want to avenge his former boss. Well, get revenge on his former boss for the way he's been treated. But sometimes I just like, hey, I think I'm better than you and I'm going to go out there and prove it and beat you. So what have you thought about this feud for the AEW Championship? They've done a very good job. To see Sam Punk transition from his chain match with MJF to going right in the storyline with Hangman has been extremely good. They've both been very well on the mic. Um, I, I like their chemistry together. But I don't want to see Adam Page lose his title this soon. Same, same thing with Thunder Rosa. I feel like they have more that they need to do with those titles before they lose them. Hangman works so hard to get that title. We were waiting and waiting and waiting for him to finally have that AEW world title. And he finally does. And I feel like him losing it right now is just not something that I see happening. Now, do I see CM Punk as a world champion holder in AEW sometime soon? Absolutely. But I don't think right now needs to be the moment. I personally think that they need to have him win the title in Chicago because that would be insane, a memorable moment for sure. No, I think they're putting the. I think Punk is getting that title this Sunday at Double or Nothing. Last one because this has slipped under, slipped past the radar just a little bit. We got the Blackpool Combat Club and Eddie Kingston with Santana and Ortiz against the Jericho Appreciation Society. Who you got in that one? I'm going with Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, and the Blackpool Combat Club. I love that William Regal is so involved in this, and I obviously think that Moxley and Kingston work very well together, but the addition of, you know, Brian, Santana, Ortiz, this match is just going to be crazy. I'm excited to see it happen, um, and I hope that they do win. I would love to see Daniel Garcia uh, be involved in the Blackpool Combat Club. I'm just going to manifest that while I'm on here, and we'll see what happens. The person I'm manifesting to join the BCC is also Lee Moriarty, because I think he would also oh, fit perfectly. Yeah. All right, Lo, we are running out of time here today. Before I let you go, tell the fans what you got going on. Yeah, so you can catch Wrestling Wind Down on anywhere you listen to your podcast. Um, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at WWDCASD. We'll be out here in Las Vegas wrestling, you know, this wrestling weekend for AEW. So if you see us out, you know, say hi. Um, but yeah, we're, we're releasing episodes. We have merch at shop.wrestlingwindownlv.com. You could buy your Wardlow or your Wrestling Windown logo merch, whatever you're looking for. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. 
And there she goes. I want to thank Lo so much for coming on the show. When we come back, we're going to wrap up today's show. Don't go anywhere. This is The Fight Game on 1230 The Game. Welcome back to The Fight Game. Welcome back to The Fight Game on 1230 The Game. For a few good minutes today, I want to focus on fighting, of course, here on The Fight Game. But this fighting was between the Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees this past weekend in their three-game series in the Bronx. There was a benches-clearing brawl, if you want to call it that, between the White Sox and the Yankees. We'll get into the reasoning in just a minute, but there's nothing more than I love in baseball than a benches-clearing brawl because back in the old days, it would turn into some fisticuffs, but now it's just a hold-me-back fist between both teams. Everybody runs onto the diamond, but nobody really does anything about it. You know, the NBA, they've gotten fighting out of the game. In football, the other guy's wearing a helmet, so you don't really see the punches thrown too much. And in hockey... Fighting's basically a part of the game. It's ingrained in the game. You've seen games in hockey where the gloves are dropped as soon as the puck is dropped. And that's just how hockey is done. But in baseball, I love it because you can still have two teams just go at it and meet each other on the field. And essentially, nothing's going to happen. But it's an entertaining watch to see and to just think that maybe something will happen. Now, this all started... When Josh Donaldson, the third baseman for the New York Yankees, called Tim Anderson of the Chicago White Sox Jackie, in reference to Jackie Robinson, you know, who broke the color barrier in MLB. Tim Anderson is quoted in a magazine article from years ago comparing himself to Jackie Robinson a little bit, saying that he's breaking the fun barrier in baseball now. He's bringing something different to the game. He's obviously not saying that he's a generational talent, a barrier breaker in the mold of Jackie Robinson, but giving people a bit of a comparison. And Josh Donaldson has, in his own words, made this joke with Tim before. The joke of, hey, Jackie, good play, Jackie, in 2019. And Tim Anderson saying he didn't think it was a joke then. He didn't think it was a joke now. And I do think that as Josh Donaldson is suspended for one game and he has tried to dispute the suspension I don't think Josh Donaldson should have been suspended for a game here by Major League Baseball. I think this is a just a simple matter of the joke going too far when someone else isn't in on the joke. Is it racially motivated? No, I don't think that Josh Donaldson meant this with malice intent. But we see it all the time. I'm sure that everyone can think of a moment in their life where someone's making a joke and you're like, hey, that's not funny. And then maybe you tell them again. And they still think that, ha, 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 you'll get over it. You know, it's just a joke. But then eventually, someone's going to let you know that, hey, man, I told you once, I told you twice. Now I'm going to try to fight you. And that's what we saw between the White Sox and the Yankees. Is Tim Anderson just being fed up and not thinking that the joke is funny. Even Tony La Russa went to say that, hey, man, he made a racist comment. That's all I'm going to say about it. Tony La Russa backing up Tim Anderson. That's the manager for the White Sox. So it's just an odd situation where... I don't think anyone is particularly right or wrong, but sometimes you just have to know some people don't play like that. Sometimes the joke is not funny. And I hope that everyone can learn their lesson. There's a difference between trash talk and being downright disrespectful. All right, that's all I got for a few good minutes. As we wrap up the show today, AEW Double or Nothing, May 29th, this Sunday. 
But before that, you've got AEW Rampage live this Friday on TNT, a special start time of 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific, as it leads into the NHL playoffs. So it's going to be a special charge time, but I do think that AEW is going to get a little bump in the ratings because they're going to be the lead-in for NHL hockey. I want to thank Tony Khan and AEW for being a part of the show today. Such a pleasure to talk with Tony Khan, a man that is exceeding and exceeding in the wrestling industry, someone with little to no experience just three years ago. He's turned AEW into real competition for WWE, and that is impressive alone. I also want to thank Lowe from Wrestling Wind Down, a very good friend of mine for joining the show as well, as we recapped, as we gave our predictions, as we gave our predictions for AEW Double or Nothing. So, hey, don't miss it. AEW Double or Nothing, Sunday, Sunday, May 29th at T-Mobile Arena, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, and you can check that out on Pay Per View. This has been The Fight Game on 1230 The Game with Damon Cotton. Stay safe and protect yourself at all times.